Welcome to Legend Lore with Jess and Lauren, where we talk about Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Eureka! Today's episode is about the inventor, and you wouldn't believe how many neutrons we've packed inside. I'm Jess, game designer and frequent <laughs> contributor to the Pathfinder and Starfinder RPGs. And I'm Lauren, your mad scientist. Uh, before we get started, I'm just going to remind everyone that Legend Lore is headcanons only. We're going to dive into some Pathfinder 2 rules and lore, but we are not here to give official answers or rulings on anything that we talk about. Jess, I hear that Inventor might be your favorite class. Oh yeah, you know, I just love that Inventor. No, I, I, I mean, like, I listen, you, I what do you have against science? Why do you hate science, Jess? I don't hate science, and I don't hate the inventor, and there are lots of cool inventor characters that you could make. Like, I really love that, like, Charles Babbage, you know, run around hating on street musicians <laughs> that you could do with an inventor. It would be awesome. I mean, inventor's so cool because the, this is a class that lets you make stuff that hasn't been made before, right? Is, like, yeah. the inventor... Yeah, the inventor will see a problem, and they say, no one has been able to solve this problem, but here, I, by my own two hands, and the tools beside me, will make a purpose-built solution, not only to solve this, but a solution that is so good, people everywhere might decide they want my invention, you know? Yeah. You're not, you might even be an entrepreneur. As yeah, this, an is, this is really what uh, separates a character who is an inventor as compared to just a character who is trained in crafting and who crafts items or who creates like alchemical items or whatnot. Like the, the gulf between being an inventor and having your innovation and having the discoveries that you are making versus, uh, you know, I'm just a rogue and I make like smoke sticks because smoke sticks help me hide. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, the, I think the core difference there then is that like the inventor is pushing the field forward, mm. right? Like something about your invention is is so unique or so new or so dynamic or so efficient mm -hmm. that like if everyone might want this as their weapon, as their armor. But yeah. if somebody's just like, you know, if somebody's just like a casual inventor, somebody's like, man, I got a problem, but I'm kind of clever. Let me redneck engineer a solution to it. That might not be pushing the field of whatever that solution is forward. That's why that might not be an inventor. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what is it that inventors like actually do in a fantasy context? What is like what is the concept of the role play that you are bringing in behind your inventor? I think, I think that I get my view of what the inventors do in fantasy from old Disney cartoons and old '90s cartoons that I grew up with. I, if your inventor doesn't sometimes make something that blows up in their face and they lose their eyebrows and have like little singes in their hair, if they're not doing that, I don't know that that's a, re a real inventor. Yeah, yeah. You know? And the, the inventor class lends itself really well to doing like the steampunk character too. Like a lot of the aesthetic of the Guns and Gears book that the inventor class yeah. appears in is like a very steampunk forward presentation. But that's not the only way that you can do a fantasy inventor, because you could lean more into the magical innovation angle, too. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think my favorite thing about our TTRPGs. That's my favorite thing, is that 
I, I get that rules and flavor and names are in the books that are mm-hmm. published. Like, we are handed flavor for different mechanics. But there's literally zero reason you need to maintain that flavor. Mm-hmm. Keep the rules as they work so that you can have the game as balanced as per the developers. But it, you can make Magic Missile be literally, oh, well, I guess soon we won't be able to say that. <laughs> you can make a spell, you can make a feat be flavored as anything you want. Mm-hmm. So even though even though the developers in Guns and Gears were kind of giving us a steampunk aesthetic, nothing wrong with that. That's how I think about it too. There's no reason you can't say it works because magic. I know a lot of magic. I have inscribed the correct runes. Mm-hmm. I have found the correct harmonies and dissonances from you know the magical energy latent in the cosmos to mm-hmm. invent this thing. There's no reason you can't do that. Yeah, I don't even think that it is, like, I don't think that being a, a magical inventor even requires that much reflavoring either, because, like, suppose you are, well, well, we'll get into the different types of inventors later, but a lot of the, um, a lot of the, like, uh, uh, modifications that you can choose for your innovations, they don't have to be, like, you're not doing that much to reflavor them to make them, like, magical right a lot of those don't even come with much flavor at all your weapon can now deal bludgeoning instead what if Mm -hmm. it was like an arcane fist that kind of like comes out to deal the bludgeoning no reason you can't have that yeah and some of them even are kind of like overtly magical like suppose that you were an armor innovation uh inventor so you have this suit of armor that you have inscribed with like magical runes and then your modification that you're choosing for it is the otherworldly protection modification. Yeah, that's perfect. So you get resistance to either negative damage or to positive damage if you have negative healing. Like that is already something that has like a very magic forward flavor. One of my second favorite role-playing character I've ever made Mm -hmm. was well before I even knew what Pathfinder was, even first edition. And it was in Mutants and Masterminds. And I think that character was an inventor. Mm -hmm. But the the uh, every every in you know in that system you you were like making your abilities, you know, like you're putting the rules together from scratch and then making them. But I was always theming stuff as Oh, we had to fight this army of moles that are using these magic crystals to build their tunnels. Mm-hmm. Well, that character would then take a take a crystal, one of the mole crystals, and then build that into a weapon that was really similar to it. And I think that's another really cool way that you could kind of make like a magical inventor is you get your abilities based off the the magical items that you have taken from 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 as loot or from the monsters that you have bested. Mhm. Yeah. So inventors in like pop culture, characters that you could look at as inspiration for inventors. This is going to be a character who has like an identifiable innovation, right? Like an, a, an yeah. inventor in Pathfinder, yeah. the class, you have either an armor innovation, a weapon innovation, or you have a constructed companion as your innovation. You have one of those three. And so any character that you're looking at for inspiration is also going to have the thing that is their innovation. Who are your favorite characters that have one of these innovations? Who are your favorite inventors across other forms of media? We didn't put it on our list mm-hmm. here, but the one that always... Oh, we did put it on our list. The one that immediately comes to my mind, 
every time I think of an adventurer mm-hmm. is Mr. Flaversham from The Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, if I you remember. haven't seen it, yeah, for yeah. folks who haven't seen The Great Mouse Detective, it's just a really cute uh, old Disney story where a mouse is a facsimile for Sherlock Holmes, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got his own form of Watson and Mr. Flaversham is is a, a local father, a, a mouse father who gets kidnapped and he was a toy maker and then the bad guy forces him to to like use his skills at making these creative toys uh for evil purposes. But like, you know, at the end of it, like he creates I'm not, I'm gonna say it. I'll say spoilers, but this movie's like over 20 years old, so I don't right. think it. I think there's a statute of limitations on that. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, like he puts together a clockwork version of the Mouse Queen of England, <laughs> and it's like it's really it's really funny. Like he you know he turns the key on it, it's like spitting out like steam and stuff, and and it talks and it does all kinds of stuff. That is clearly a, a companion innovation. Yeah. And like in contrast, an inventor in media who I think is not an inventor because the thing that they create is not really their companion would be like the villain in Will Smith Wild Wild West, right? Who creates his like giant like clockwork spider monster thing. And like that thing is a constructed clockwork creature, but I don't think it's his companion. Well, maybe he's an armor innovation because mm-hmm. he's got them spider legs. Ooh, yeah, yeah. You uh, know? Another, another um, construct companion uh, pick that I have that is a little bit of a troll answer. Wait is... a minute. I see what you've put on here. Yeah. Yes. Anakin I think Skywalker. I'm being trolled. Anakin Skywalker and his constructed oh companion God. C-3PO. He's only an c- in- inventor dedication. He's only an inventor dedication. <laughs> yeah, the that's C-3PO fair. That's sucked. Fair. That's fair. He also just like loses C-3PO like <laughs> very quickly. Oh yes. Oh yes. And then I I wanted to add uh this next one for our com- innovation companions for for mm-hmm. the inventors who are making something. I wanted to add Dr. Frankenstein, the Ooh. classic Mary Shelley, Dr. Yeah. Frankenstein, cuz he is literally like in every portrayal of him in his tower with Frankenstein's monster on the table, he's surrounded by mad science, you know? There's, like, lightning and all these all these bobbles and machines and devices, and when it all works, when it all comes together, the, the creature that he has cobbled together from bits and bobs of all kinds of different creatures and scientific accoutrement. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein's got those little, you know, lightning nodule things. There's some non-biological matter in there. Yeah. It co- it comes to life. He has created a, it, for Pathfinder purposes, a companion that yeah. he then just says, "All right, well, go do what you want to do now. Go go, go enjoy the life and uh, don't scare people." Yeah, he doesn't really keep his uh, his companion around as a companion. He just kind of like creates him, and then he's like, "Oh well, guess you're alive now. Bye." Yeah. And to a lesser degree, what about like Belle's father from Beauty and the Beast? Oh yes, car- I like him as an inventor a lot. Yeah, but like, what is his his thing? Like, mm. well, I don't even remember what it does. It does a lot of stuff, don't yeah, it? Yeah. Does but, it like chop vegetables? Am I remembering this right? I think so. I think I would peg him as a power armor inventor. Oh really? 
I think so. Another but power... But it can't be... It... No, go ahead. But it can't be power armor inventor, say, like, Tony Stark. Like, the most power armor oh, inventor yeah. there is. Yeah, that is, that is like, an iconic piece of inspiration. The, uh, the Iron Man suit. Yeah. Uh, another armor inventor that I like a lot is, like, an anime influence from, like, you know, ye old 80s animes. Uh, Cilia Stingray from Bubblegum Crisis. She I has... that one. Ooh. Uh, I, love, I love me a Bubblegum Crisis. This is, like, classic anime. Very inspired by, like, Blade Runner. Oh, no, that's my jam. That's mm -hmm. my jam is some Blade Runner. Yeah, so Cilia Stingray makes um, some power armor suits for herself and then for some other mercenaries that she hires, and they call themselves the Night Sabers. And each of their suits has, like, different specialties and different things that it does. Or d different things that their suit does. Um, but, yeah, because she is the one who creates the suits i i like her as an inspiration point for uh, a power armor inventor character i think that in pathfinder the fact that your innovation is just for you and others can't make it and you can't make more of it mm -hmm. i think that's just for game balance you yeah. know like you know really we all know the inventor could if they had the time but due to reasons that the uh, story demands you're not allowed to have the time to do it ever well no matter what i think I think that if you wanted to play a game where part of the story is that your inventor is creating things for other characters, then the other characters also need to dedicate a little bit of their like character creation juice into learning how to use the thing you're creating for them. And yeah. that time that they are spending learning how oh, to use okay. what you're creating for them is represented by them taking the inventor dedication. That's cool. One of you is primary inventor, mm -hmm. the other's inventor dedication that lets mm -hmm. them use uh that yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because like cool. as the inventor, you're creating this stuff and so you know how it works. Other people don't know how your stuff works, and it's so like new and innovative and strange to other people that it makes sense that it would require some amount of buy-in from them to spend the time and learn how to operate your your innovations. I'm gonna make this even worse. Mm -hmm. the the uh, The other PCs have to be primary bards, and as the inventor, you have to be bard dedication. Ooh. And now you're also a band. Oh. And maybe like maybe your instruments are the innovations. Oh man! And you go on a road trip. Mm -hmm. That's the next AP. Mm -hmm. Right at Paizo. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> as fun as all of that is, as fun as the power armor inventors are, as fun as the the robotic companions are, or <clears throat> quote unquote robot companions. Yeah. I think you're going to see more inventors being the weapon innovation inventors. I agree. I think this is one of the ones that exists in pop culture the most. Like, there are a lot of League of Legends characters who I would describe as being weapon innovation inventors. And just due to the nature of, like, the plotline of the Arcane show, most of these characters all appeared in Arcane. Like, Victor, Chase, Jinx, all characters who created the weapons that they fight with. The one that comes immediately to my mind mm -hmm. is my very favorite Marvel character. Yeah. I think I don't. I don't know. I'm tied I, these days. I'm tied. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite Marvel characters, Rocket Raccoon. Oh yeah, yeah. Rock, yeah, Rocket I love Raccoon's him. Definite inventor. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And I and like the inventions of his that 
seem like they have the most impact are the ones that are just weapons that he pulls out and uses to shunt his foes into or away from the mortal coil, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, there's got to be, like, a lot of Marvel characters that probably fit into into the weapon innovation, I think. Yeah, I think, like, Shuri from, like, the, the Black Panther section of characters uh, would qualify. She has her, like, in the, in the films, in the Black Panther films, she has, like, her, her guns that were her invention. And she invents other things as well. Yeah, I, I heard about her, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen a lot of Marvel movies these days. Mm-hmm. We pretty much just see the Guardians of the Galaxies and the Thor movies. Yeah. So that's that's all we're, we're used to. Yeah. But I've heard about her. They were saying she might be like uh, the Iron Heart, maybe? Mm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's some interesting stories that they're looking at taking on with her. Yeah. And then I did have an example of a character who I'm not really sure where they would fit in the Pathfinder innovation realm. I don't know that they have like a specific companion or power armor or special mm-hmm. weapon, but it's hard to say that Q from James Bond oh, okay, with yeah. all his little spy gadgets, how is he not an inventor, right? He's like the most iconic inventor in all of pop culture, but yeah. he doesn't really have like the one thing that is, this is the thing, you know? Yeah, I imagine that if you were telling a James Bond story that focused more on Q, then I could see, I could easily imagine Q as a weapon innovator, um, uh, inventor in a story where Q needed to have a weapon. I always brain fart Mm -hmm. so hard that there is a story that focuses on Q, but I'm always wrong because I'm just confusing it for the fact that there is a TV show Mm -hmm. about batman's arthur okay alfred batman's alfred yeah there's yeah. a whole show about like you know right. alfred's like like you know early life and yeah, and how yeah. he became the alfred but speaking of batman give the stage to our reporter in the field friend of the show friend of my own Luis loza for the batman test Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Lauren. I am back. Louis Loza here reporting from Parts Unknown, where I'm here to try to complete another Batman test. And this time we got to figure out how Batman is an inventor or the inventor is like Batman. And I think it's probably the easiest one of all. Well, other than investigator. If anything, Batman is an investigator dual classed with inventor with I don't know, free archetype thrown in there for rogue or fighter a bit. Anyway, Batman, inventions, they're all over the place. He has a utility belt full of what? Gadgets. Gadgets are a huge part of Batman's repertoire that he uses to fight crime from batarangs to grappling hook to smoke bombs. These are all amazing little trinkets that he can use to kind of help him out in any kind of situation bat shark repellent even and the inventor is a master of gadgets just like batman this is very very easy just whatever gadget you can think of i'm sure batman has invented one himself and yes that is what he does batman does have a lot of people in his life like lucius fox or barbara gordon that are really smart and can create a lot of tech 
and help him out with these kind of things. But a lot of the inventions, a lot of the gadgets that he uses are his devices made on his own. So Bruce Wayne is just as smart as any of those other inventors and can make really unique things to help him out. You know, he created the Batsuit. He probably helped design the various Bat vehicles that he has. Uh, he comes up with a whole number of things. He's even created exosuits that he uses to fight Superman and other super powerful people out there. That's just like the armor innovation for the inventors. Batman is definitely an inventor. Always has been. Always will be. And I think that's kind of the fun and appeal about him is that he uses his smarts to win in a lot of cases. He outwits a lot of people. He always has something at the ready. Batman is always prepared, as they say. And the reason he's always prepared is because he takes a lot of his downtime to invent new gadgets and get all the innovations that he needs to get the upper hand. Doesn't hurt that he's 210 pounds of all muscle and then, you know, can knock a guy out with one punch, but inventions are also a big part of it. Anyway, yes, that's how Batman is like an inventor. Back to you, Jess. Back to you, Laura. Thank you, Luis, for that riveting report on Batman as an inventor. Now, Lauren, I understand that uh, you have some thoughts on Viking inventors. Is, do I have that right? Oh, I don't. I uh, this one's tough. Okay, I because... can ask you a different question then. I can ask. No, you... no, no. <laughs> I have to do the Viking test. I yeah. have to do it. You know, there is always a Viking test, and for the most part, mm -hmm. I'm able to pull it off. Yeah. And I, I think we can here, too, because the Vikings did bring a lot of innovations to the world. Mm -hmm. You know, the Viking longships specifically were, mm -hmm. were just so innovative for their time, but it's hard to say that the Viking longship or whoever, you know, invented the Viking longship, it's hard to say that that's a power armor, a special weapon, or a robot companion. Yeah. Right? If we had an inventor innovation for a vehicle, mm -hmm. then I think that would be a really good fit, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if we take the inventor and we rip steampunk out of it and just leave it as, like, a craftsman and the wood that they work with, I think we can easily demonstrate things that the Vikings were ahead of their time on and... and suggests that some of those characters are inventors. Mm -hmm. Does it line up perfectly well with what we get in the Pathfinder rules? Not really. All inventors in this have explosions. And I'm, I don't know. I, I actually don't know about this, but the Vikings might have had smoke bombs or something. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. It, you can pull it off, but it's not a natural fit. Uh, I'm going to go with that. I have a suggestion, actually. Oh, please for, do, please do for your inventor, um, your inventor Viking, because did you know that in the mythology, Loki is credited with the invention of the fishing net? Oh yeah, and did you I didn't know... even think about the going the myth oh. the mythology route. And did you know that if you are a weapon innovation inventor, one of the modifications you can take oh, for no. your weapon is the entangling form for your melee weapon where you could use your oh weapon to grapple and trip with your fishing net from Loki. That's amazing. You know, that is a really strong way you could take this if you to add the fantasy back into mm -hmm. a Viking mm -hmm. inventor is they're drawing on mythology and 
bringing up inventions from the stories, mm-hmm. you know, and and in the mythology, the dwarves, quote unquote, invent tons of stuff for ooh, the Asgardians ooh, to use ooh, yes. all the time. Ooh, very so, good. So it, it, you wouldn't have a hard time like bringing in an inventor, mm-hmm. you know, from the from the land of the Linorm kings, mm-hmm. who just who just invents the things from the stories. That mm-hmm. wouldn't be hard at all, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm still not going to say that an inventor Viking is archetypical, but you can do it. Well, there are how, ways does, that it, how does the inventor class combine with the Viking archetype? Oh, no, the Vi- Viking archetype makes mm-hmm. me sad. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't think that Viking characters should take the Viking archetype. You don't think it's going to work first... with your, you don't think it's going to work with your, your trip weapon innovation? But, no, 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 listen. This is the first time this show has actually addressed the oh, Viking archetype. Oh. And I don't like it. There's okay. nothing there's nothing wrong with it, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily know that Viking is something you can tack on to a build. Viking mm-hmm. is a way of life, mm-hmm. you know? You go a Viking. Yeah. You know? You are a Viking gar. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think... I just don't think... I think p- making it a dedication, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't add enough to what your character can already be Okay. to justify have... being called Viking. Okay. I have... I, call him Mariner, a, you know, a, a Marine mm-hmm. fighter. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. Just don't call it a Viking. Right. I have one last question for you. Okay. I want you to tell me what type of inventor you think Inspector Gadget is. Oh, no. God, we didn't even... Oh, this one's tough. Yeah, I know. I have oh, an answer in mind. I have an answer oh, in mind. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so listeners, this is... Look, we, we've got to take you through this. Because mm-hmm. Inspector Gadget, right? For you 90s kids, you might, might, might remember this. Like, go, go, gadget, helicopter, or whatever. Like, he's, yeah. got, he's got these gadgets. And we had to look it up. There's, like, only so many of them. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I just thought like it was infinite. Whatever he needed, it was a gadget that came out. But no, I he's got that like, specific ones. Yeah, yeah, I thought that too. But there's like eight or like twelve or something of them. Yeah. And after thinking about, it, I was like, okay, is there a is like a companion one of his things? I mean, maybe it's not really like a main thing. Mm-hmm. Is his power armor a thing? Well, may actually okay, maybe the power armor because mm-hmm. like he kind of is. But he kind of is the power armor and special weapons. And eh, there's too many of them. There's mm-hmm. not like one big weapon. So I am going with Jess. This is what I'm going with. I'm going with not not an inventor. I'm going with an investigator. Mm-hmm. But he has a he doesn't make his own gadgets. Oh. He's someone who does it for him. Somebody like I, I don't remember. It's been way too long. Right. Whoever it is that makes his gadgets, that is the inventor. He's just the investigator who uses them. Right. Right. See, my answer for what type of inventor is Inspector Gadget is that I think Inspector Gadget is a construct companion inventor, but he's the construct companion. He's not the inventor. Wait, but he is. So there's somebody else who is the inventor who invented him and he's the construct companion, but he's a part of that character package, right? That's it. That's it. That is the answer. You've heard it here first, folks. This is no longer a headcanons only. It is now canon. That <laughs> Inspector Gadget is not a PC. He is the he is the robot well, no, companion you, for the inventor. No, I mean if you're playing an inventor with a companion, or if you're playing a summoner, I don't think it's wrong to consider your companion as a part of your character. 
could you what okay now hold on now and now i've got thoughts mm -hmm. is it possible as a player at a at a table to play only the robot companion well but was Inspector using Gadget, the rules from but was inspector gadget actually alone or was penny not well, with him no 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 i know but like whoever was penny the one doing the invention um maybe penny was his how, like, niece or whatever how often was inspector gadget alone you know, he would do some missions alone, and meaning that if you were a player at the table, the actual PC who wears the inventor class would mm -hmm. sometimes be, you know, out of out of the camera. Mm -hmm. Like, is that okay? Can you do that? I think you're going to need some heavy, like, GM discretion. Yeah. And if, if I was the GM, I'd say, you know, why don't you just play an automaton and whatever you actually want to be? And we'll just call you the robot companion for an inventor. I'd probably do yeah, that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's an interesting question, though. Now, are there interesting stories about invention in Galarian? Like, where, if we want to play the inventor, what are the, what are the best locations yeah, to ground that in? There's a lot of places in Galarian where an inventor actually fits in with the lore. And I know that, like, the first thing you're going to think of is like, oh, all the places with clockwork. But actually, yeah. Galarian has a very long history. There's a lot of ancient civilizations with like ruins that you can explore. And one of your options for an inventor character is someone who is uh, creating things with ancient technology. You can uncover secret blueprints or designs from either the Aslanti Empire or the Jiska Imperium, and then use those plans to create your own technologies or clockworks or what have you. So ancient technology is definitely a way that you can go. What about Numeria? Like, isn't there like a whole mm. crashed like spaceship there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Numeria I don't know. is a very like technology forward area of the setting. Yeah, I don't know if there's, like, canon, like, inventors there, mm -hmm. but I'm sure there are characters written from Numeria that you could assign inventors to. And mm -hmm. it'd be so easy to be, like, a Numerian character and just be an inventor. You kind of experiment with the stuff you got. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, contrasting the ancient technology against the, like, very sci-fi kind of technology of Numeria, so this is kind of the difference that you're going to see between... Uh, the like the automaton ancestry that Guns and Gears introduces where you are a clockwork from somewhere like the Jiska Imperium you're just very old that's my favorite non-human ancestry yeah but I love the automaton contrasted against the option that you have to play just a straight-up android from Numeria right like there is yeah. an android yeah. ancestry in uh, Lost Omens Ancestry Guide and so there's a deity for mm -hmm. AI in Pathfinder yeah and so you can see the two kind of like the two sides of that coin where you have the option to do like the technology from the past, the ancient tech uncovering ruins uh, of things that we thought were lost contrasted against like, oh, yeah, a starship crashed here and there's androids and you can experiment with that technology, too. You can learn about that technology, too. And then the dwarves of Hold, mm -hmm. like these dwarves, these stout folk, they invented guns with black powder that they got from Tianja and Vudra. Yeah, we talked a lot. All three of those places would be great sources for inventors to come from. 
Yeah, we talked a lot about the uh, the dwarves of Duncanhold and how they invented black powder in our gunslinger episode. But a black powder and guns doesn't have to be... I just said something fake. I have to start that over. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we talked a lot about the dwarves of Duncanhold and how they invented guns using the black powder recipes that they got from... Uh, other places in, in Golarian, Tianxia, and Budra. We talked a lot about that in the Gunslinger episode, but guns aren't the only things that they invented. There are lots of other innovation that Duncan Holt could be doing, and you could be playing one of those dwarven inventors. Another weird mm. part of the setting, though, that you can jump over to is uh, the station tech in Erison and Ustalov. Do you know anything about uh, this? Life? I don't know about that. I've never heard. I've never heard of the staging tech. Yeah. I am excited there, to become enlightened. There is some information about this in Guns and Gears, and then there's also some Pathfinder Society scenarios that focus on this. But staging tech basically is like um, Tesla coils and oh, electricity cool. and stuff, and they're called staging tech because uh, Golarian got access to them uh, in kind of the same way that like. Queen Anastasia of Irisin got to Galarian. Like, this is technology from Earth that has they're come literal over. literal Tesla coils. Exactly, exactly. But, like, in Galarian, they're called station coils because they're named after Anastasia. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And so these things are in Irisin. And then there's also a lot of them that have been smuggled over to Ustalov. And so because you've got the station tech and the inventors who are experimenting with the electricity and whatnot of the station coils in Ustalov, this is exactly where you're going to have that kind of like weird science Frankenstein character. Yeah, that's cool. And then you can always play any character of any class of any ancestry in Absalom, the oh, yeah. city at the center of the world. Because, like, the bazaars here mm -hmm. are so big, you can just walk down any street and find a gadget that some inventor probably put there, right? Mm -hmm. There are inventors all over that city just trying to make some coin. Yeah, and there are sections of Guns and Gears that talk about inventors in Absalom. And then I think there's also, if you look in Lost Omens, like the Bazaar book, I think there are some Bazaar stalls that specifically call out the clockwork items that you can buy there. In fact, inventors are probably the reason that like books like Treasury Vault were even mm -hmm. able to come out. Somebody mm -hmm. had to invent that. That's why they weren't there two years ago and they're there now. Somebody yeah. invented that. Uh, one of the most natural fits, though, out of everywhere in Golarian, and probably the first place that comes to mind for everyone, for, like, where am I going to play my inventor character? Where am I from? I think Alkenstar is kind of the, oh. the most obvious pick yeah. for everyone. Oh, yeah. Because we got our city of smog. There's all the clockwork tech. There's all the factories. It's like a capital of innovation. But then you're also in the middle of the mana wastes where magic is a little weird. It's a little unreliable. So it makes sense for people in Alkenstar to be leaning on and developing technology more, even if in other parts of Golarion, maybe magic could achieve this. In Alkenstar, you don't want to achieve it with magic. You want to achieve it in a way that is going to be more reliable for you somewhere where magic just isn't always something you can count on. Is Alkenstar not the steampunk place yeah. on Galarian. Yeah, yeah, it very much is that. This has got to be where most of them come from. Mm -hmm. It's got to be. 
It's not your only if, option, but it is, I think, probably the option that comes to mind first for most people. Mm-hmm. And if you now are enticed to make a character who can build the tools you will use to succeed on an adventure in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, you're going to need to know about how they work in the system. The first thing you got to understand, you're picking intelligence. That is your key ability score for the inventor. Mm-hmm. You're, you have a little bit of hit points, you know? You've got eight plus your constitution. There are worse. There are better. Mm-hmm. And you're merely trained in perception. You're not an expert in it like some others. Thus, you know, showing that sometimes you won't notice when your invention is about to blow up in your face. Mm-hmm. For your saves, you're going to be an expert in fortitude and will, and you will be trained in reflex. And as an inventor you will be automatically trained in your crafting skill. And then on top of your crafting skill, you will also be trained in uh, three plus your intelligence skills. And because you're an intelligence-based class, that's probably going to be quite a few. What's really cool about the inventor and what separates it from a lot of other classes is that your training in crafting is actually just going to automatically level up with you. So it's going to auto-heighten, basically. You don't mm-hmm. have to spend your, your heightens and your increases on crafting, which makes sense. It's the main thing you do. Yeah, this is the first Pathfinder 2 class, I think, that gets an automatic progression in one of your skills. I think so also, yeah. For your attacks, you are trained in simple weapons, martial weapons, and also in unarmed weapons. And then you get pretty much the normal martial scaling for your attacks. So you're an expert at 5 and you're a master at 13. You're... All inventors start off being trained in unarmored, as everyone is, light and medium armor, so it's not a problem if you want to wear a little bit of plate, but you're probably not going full plate. Mm-hmm. And this is also in the range of other marshals, where you get expert 11 and master at 19. I say in the range of marshals because that's not always the exact numbers, but it's real close. So really, what we're trying to tell you here, the inventor's a marshal, first and foremost. Yeah. You've got all these other things. But you're a marshal. You hit things, and you deal damage physically. And also, in realms of your defenses, I do want to mention that you get shield block. So, nothing wrong with holding a shield while you send your construct companion out to do your dirty deeds. Yeah. Uh, you're also going to start off trained in your class DC for any of your inventor abilities that use it. I know a lot of classes start off like trained in their class DC. I think they all do. Mm-hmm. But... Some of them don't ever use it. An adventure actually does. Not like a ton, but there's mm-hmm. some good ones in there that are going to use your class DC. Yeah, class DC also gets used by some like ancestry feats and the like, or sometimes an oh, archetype yeah, will use it. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so if that's you... Right. Uh, th- so that's the reason that all classes have to be trained in it, so that if you take an archetype or an ancestry feat that is just kind of uh, doing something weird and it's just falling back on, well, all classes have class DCs, uh, then you you are trained in it and it's not going to be like, uh, oh, mm. well, my, my class didn't happen to need the class DC, so I'm not trained in it, and so now this ancestry feat is unavailable to me. Okay, so that's how all of the inventor math do. 
Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what and what abilities all inventors have. And the first yeah. one is overdrive. For one action, any inventor can make a crafting check versus the standard DC for your level. If you get a critical success, you add your intelligence bonus to all of your strikes for a minute, but then you can't really use the overdrive again for a minute. If you just get a success, you can use half of your intelligence uh, to on top of your strikes, mm-hmm. and then you can try again to overdrive if you want to increase it to a crit, but you could also accidentally downgrade it. Not to a failure. On a failure, nothing happens, and you can try again next turn. But if you had a success and then you re-roll it and you get the crit failure, oh. you blowing up. You blowing up. You taking just fire damage equal to your level, and then you can't try again for a minute. And and that's if you start off by crit failing or if you re-roll into crit failing uh, by trying to get your overdrive again. Now, fire damage equal to your level, Yeah, I mean, that's not that spicy, right? But it is enough that you kind of don't want to eat it all the time yeah and it really makes me interested in one of the one of the heritages that has resistance to fire i feel like they'd be a really cool inventor since they're not as worried about blowing up that's fine they can be a little more reckless yeah, that's really interesting using the overdrive to add your intelligence to your damage that really like elevates them as an intelligence-based class who is also a marshal, and you want to be able to do damage in combat. That's really cool. And I want to point out, this is the second int-based marshal in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, Mm -hmm. with the first, of course, being the Investigator, one of my new faves. God, they did such a good job writing the Investigator. I love that one. In addition to Overdrive, all inventors get a second feature which is also offensive, called Explode. And this uses the new unstable trait specific to inventors. A lot of your inventor abilities later down the line are going to use the unstable trait. And if a, you pick up a feat or an ability that has the unstable trait, it means that you will roll a flat check, DC 17. If you fail, it does the thing that you want it to do, Right? Like if if you're if you're trying to do a lightning bolt adventure style and it has the unstable trait, you fail. You do the thing. You do your lightning bolt adventure style. It happens. But then you cannot do any other unstable actions until you've spent ten minutes kind of buffing out the damage that just happened. And if you crit fail on this flat check, look, you still do your thing. You're not losing your action here. But you're again going to take fire damage equal to the level. Reinforcing for a second time the fact that a tiefling or a nari, formerly known as the ifrit inventor, would be really cool because they can be so reckless. Yeah. Which then brings us to explode. This is the first, uh, and it's a universal ability that all the inventors have. It's two actions. And within five feet of you, or within five feet of your construct companion, you can deal a bunch of fire damage, right? It's And it's pretty substantial. It starts out at 2d6 fire, and you get plus 1d6 fire at every other level. So it's nothing to shake a stick at. And then as a, a first stick. level... Yeah. 
And then as a first level inventor, you're also choosing what kind of innovation you have. So like we were talking before, you are either going to be a weapon innovation inventor, so you've invented some kind of weapon, an armor innovation inventor, so you've invented like an armor that you wear, or you have a construct companion that you've invented. And that's a decision that you are going to make about what your innovation is, and then also what kind of modifications that you are making to your innovation to like customize it compared to other inventor characters. If you have picked a weapon as your innovation type, you will gain a free common or simple or blah, blah, blah. If you have picked a weapon as your inventor innovation, you will gain a free simple or martial weapon as long as it is common, or you can take an uncommon one if you have access to something from your heritage. Like you're an elf, you can get the the elf like curved blade, right? You can also take a level one simple or martial, but you're going to have to pay for that one, right? And the kind of modifications that you'll get with this innovation, at one, at seven, and 15, you'll pick a modification that maybe gives your weapon some keywords mm. like agile, or maybe it gives it modular with different damage types. You'll get, you know, unique ways to kind of make it fit and do something unexpected. The, the Loki net. The, the Loki net. Yeah. The low-key Loki net. Yeah. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. If you have picked the armor innovation, you get two choices of armor. You get the power armor, or you get the subterfuge suit. Now, both of them count as medium armor, mm -hmm. which for power armor is easy to understand. It's AC plus four. It's max dex plus one. But the subterfuge suit, it's AC plus one, max dex plus four, and you only need a strength of ten. If you've been playing Pathfinder for a while, you're thinking that's light armor. And you'd be right, except for the fact that it counts as medium armor. So keep that in mind uh, in case you have any, any little abilities that synergize with that, right? The kind of innovations you'll be able to modify it, or excuse me, the kind of modifications you'll be able to apply to your innovations will give you different kinds of resistances, like I resist fire because of my modification, or maybe you'll get like a bonus to to one of your skills that, that you've picked. That's the kind of stuff you can expect from like an armor innovation. And then the last one on our list is of course, the construct companion, where you build the equivalent of an animal companion, but out of, out of abiotic or no longer alive material, or really out of whatever you want, but it's gonna be considered a clockwork animal. And it also benefits from your overdrive damage buff. And since you can put your explode through it, really this is a vessel for the other abilities you get from Inventor. So you can kind of be in the back lines like with a little with a little whirly gig box like controlling controlling it. The kind of mods then that you're gonna get that you can apply to it, these are really similar to the same mods that you get for like familiars. Like what kind of speed do you want it to have? What kind of senses do you want it to have? What kind of skills, what kind of defenses, but also how many different kinds of attacks do you want it to have? Are you going to give it like this jaws attack with weird bludgeoning modification? It, it's whatever you want. That's what with the construct campaign, you're getting the most modular of your innovations. Right. Yeah. And the fact and that all it, that's... and the fact that it also benefits from your, your overdrive damage buff, that's really good. 
Yeah, and you get all of this. You get your innovation, you get your explode action, mm -hmm. and you get your overdrive all at level one. Yeah. As you level up, you're going to be able to pick additional modifications for whatever innovation you chose. And then there are also some uh, more powerful innovations that you'll be able to choose as you carry on as well. Uh, you'll eventually at third level get a reconfigure option so that with downtime you can switch out the modifications that your innovations have. Uh, like we said earlier, your crafting um, proficiency will increase automatically. You'll get a little offensive boost to deal some more damage on your strikes and you'll be able to choose what kind of damage that is. At level 13, you'll get a complete refigure, so it doesn't even take you a whole day to do one of your swaps. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, you swap it all out. You swap out all your maws, all your feats, all your offensive boosts. So if you know you're going into a kobold burrow and you're going to fight some weird fire kobolds, you know, switch it out. Get your fire resistance stuff on there. And then finally at 19th level, you will be able to instantly repair your innovation when you're making your daily prep for the day, but you'll also be able to switch what kind of innovation you have. Now, we, we, we don't have time to go into all of our favorite feats and, and different, our favorite things from mm -hmm. the inventor. So I, I have picked, I have picked some of, one of my favorites. At fourth level, you can take the gadget specialist, which lets you learn the formula for three different gadgets. And at the start of your day, you can craft, craft two of them for free. They're like consumables, but they do all kinds of different stuff. Like give your shield temporary hit points for a whole minute, or they can record your sounds, improve your senses. This is this is what Inspector Gadget is full of. Oh, yeah. Gadgets! Gadgets! Yeah! Yeah, I really liked... Um... Okay, so there is a class feat at 6th level called Megavolt, and it gives your inventor, like, you can deal electricity damage in a line. But then, at 12th level, you can upgrade your Megavolt with a class feat called Gigavolt. And what Gigavolt does is, when your line hits a wall, it can bounce off of that wall in a line of, in an, at an angle of your choosing, and, like, carry on for the rest of the distance of the line. And I just love this, like, line bouncing potential like in a corridor or something yeah every time it every time it bounces it can still bounce again yeah yeah and you choose the angle so you can choose like whatever is going to maximize hitting enemies and avoiding your allies i didn't read it recently but i'm sure it's got the caveat in there that a creature can't be hit by it twice right probably that's that's always in pathfinder second mm -hmm. edition they're always making sure you're not cheesing it like that all right jess so when we start one of these class episodes, I don't know about you, except I kind of do a little bit. We're never looking at a class that's like, this is my favorite. I love everything about this class. I'm ready to do something cool. Mm -hmm. But when we get down to the, to the builds parts, I kind of start to make something that I think is really interesting and that really excites me. Have you brought to us an inventor build that's actually kind of cool today? I've got one that I like. And so... Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? No, no, I'll go second on mine, because okay. mine's out okay. there. Mine is right. out there. Mine isn't that out there. I mean, it's a little out there. Like, I got to make myself a genie can, but it's, you know, within the realm of Jess's, like, collection of genie can. This is a pretty tame one. So, uh, Lauren, I would like to introduce you to Sparks. Sparks is a okay. cat folk 
who used to work in a factory, but when the plane of metal reemerged, there was an explosion in Sparks' factory, and Sparks survived, but became a Talos, one of the metal Genikian. Yo, this is like a comic book origin story. Yeah. You know, like all the shrapnel got embedded mm-hmm. in them, and now they have and a, it's like an planar, to... and it's like planar shrapnel. Yeah, planar shrapnel. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So ABCs Sparks is a catfolk talus mechanic inventor, and Sparks has the weapon innovation. So Sparks has a slide pistol as his I innovation. I love the slide pistol. Yeah, and Folks, then he's slide got... pistol is just a revolver. Mm-hmm. It's a revolver. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then he's got like leather armor or whatever, but like he has had pretty high dexterity. I don't know how long he's going to be sticking around in that leather armor for. So my build concept here for Sparks, my my little cat folk, my little gun cat folk, is uh, little, cat, little cat guy. Yeah, Sparks is kind of like a support based inventor. Uh, he has the uh, the gadget feat you were talking about, gadget specialist, so he can build gadgets for his whole yeah. team. Um, he's. Got... I wish that was a whole innovation, like <laughs> gadgets. I wish that was a whole innovation. Like yeah, you got yeah. a bag of gadgets that you can hand out. That's there's design space there, yo. Yeah. There's design space there. Sparks has also got tamper, so he can make craft checks against enemies to sabotage their weapons or armor. Because you know, Sparks a cat folk. Cat's got a cat. Nice. Cat's got a cat. Yeah. And then uh, for one of his high-level feats, he's got Overdrive Ally, so he can boost his ally's damage with his uh, intelligence bonus, that that, uh, that Overdrive nice. bonus. Nice. Because he's, he's a little support cat. Uh, this notable. Is, is this the second or third cat that you've done here on the uh, show? Hmm. I thought it was the first, but maybe it's not. You know, you had a, a fey... Was <gasps> your monster... Your monster was cat. Remember that when you made a monster? Oh, yes. Yes, my monster. Yes, the cat. Genie kin and mm-hmm. cats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for ancestry feats, um, out of the cat folk ones, Sparks has cat folk claws. But then out of the Talos ones, we have, as our first level feat, we have reflective defense. So this is a reaction to dazzle enemies who target Sparks. Because <laughs> Sparks' like, whiskers are like so shiny. And Sparks' oh, fur my goodness. is like very soft, like gold and silver. Right? So it's, you know, very shiny. Reflect, reflect, dazzle people. Uh, and then Give me a also, razzle dazzle. Yeah. And then we've also got natural magnetism that gives Sparks uh, a couple spells. Magnetic attraction and magnetic propulsion. So Sparks nice. has got a little bit of like magical control over metal. And then uh, skill feats and skills. Uh, like I said, this is like a little support character. So we've got uh, diplomacy and thievery are the primary skills that I increased alongside the craft that automatically goes up. And so Sparks was of able course. to take like Bon Bon and then eventually evangelize to use diplomacy in combat. And then oh magical crafting and rapid affixture to do some more support with that crafting skill. If you had free archetype on this, I feel like the talisman one mm-hmm. would be pretty good since you've got rapid a fixture yeah there. yeah that would be good i'm not sure what other one i would do i haven't really thought about it but i do like the talisman dabbler or like the scroll trickster or possibly why possibly even the investigator dedication oh god you're never wrong to take the investigator dedication mm-hmm. it's so good and it works for every class yeah so that's uh that's my little my little friendly Catfolk, who was in a factory um, explosion. I know that catfolk are anthropomorphic, but mm-hmm. I cannot picture Sparks as anthropomorphic. I can only <laughs> picture them as just like like a house cat looking 
looking creature, you know, that like I I guess then stands up on on the two back legs like a house cat can't, you know, you know when they try to. With and then little, he gets his gun a out. Little revolver. Yeah. He gets the gun out. Yeah, yeah. He, like pulls out a little holster. Oh, yeah. he's like pushing boots. I'm picturing him like pushing boots Ooh, yeah, with a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's cool. All right, what did you build? Mine, oh God, mine, mine has trauma, Jess. Mine oh. has emotional damage. Oh, because Sparks is dealing like remarkably well with this factory explosion that he was in. Yeah, so I didn't pick a name for mine, and there might be a reason for that more than just I didn't think about it. That's All the right. primary one. All but right. it also does fit because mine is a spy. More than anything else, that is the role mine fills. Ooh. This is a character. I have a background, a freed slave. What was this from? This was from the Lost Omens World Guide. And the ancestry is Anandi. Oh. So this is a peacock spider person. And you know, listeners who are familiar with the Anandi know that they also have a humanoid form. This is a character who was enslaved, you know, which Pathfinder's moving away from, but it is in the lore. It's not retconned. And they were, while they were enslaved, they were forced to kind of stay in their humanoid form and, you know, serve drinks or whatever, right? And, and they got good at it. They got good at being in this humanoid form, playing the role of a person. They got good at the deception, the disguise of it. And eventually when they got their freedom, they kept kind of using their skills at passing as somebody else, somebody that they're not. And so as an inventor then i don't know how am i going to tie this back to inventor this just sounds like a rogue where you we're, we've got the armor mm-hmm. innovation where they're wearing like the subterfuge suit and then all of the feats and different inventor things that i've picked aren't really flashy they're all more like james bond like spycraft okay for example i've i picked as a class feat built-in tools so you suddenly need to pull out lock, you know, lock picks here, there. You need to pull out your crafting bench. Wow, it's this little hammer in like you know the corner pocket, right? I also took gadget specialist because I didn't really want the arm, despite being armor innovation. I didn't want the armor to be the feature. Right. I want it to yeah. be like all the little, all the little tools and stuff they can pull. So they've got the gadget specialist. Then leading into the ubiquitous gadgets class feet, which basically just gives you even more of the gadgets we're grabbing visual fidelity so that this this anandi who is always in the humorous form can pull down like their night vision goggles you know they've got the night vision goggles mm-hmm. as you do mm-hmm. and then the last class feat we brought is distracting explosion oh <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't know how it fits in there but i did like the distracting part so I guess with the explosion, I haven't figured how I'm going to... Th- oh, pocket sand. They've got, like, you know, spycraft pocket sand. It's like refined pocket sand. Boom. That's the explosion, and it's distracting, you know? It yeah. distracts them when you get them with the pocket sand. But I then, also, Anandi... I also love distracting explosion just from the angle of, like, the the James Bond spy film angle where, like, there's an explosion, and you're jumping away from the explosion, and it's, like, yeah. you know... Oh, that. and I also took Tamper. I forgot that Ooh, I also yeah, wanted yeah. Tamper. It's funny that, you know, our builds are, are different innovations, but we both ended up with Tamper and Gadgets. Yeah. But also, Anandi works really well. I mm-hmm. took the adaptive Anandi, 
which lets you pick a different, uh, a, a, a non-human specific ancestry, and then your form matches that perfectly, and you get adopted ancestry for that. Mm-hmm. I took adaptive Anandi and then picked human anyway. Oh. Just to, just to really reinforce this character can pass as human perfectly. And but then you've also got really cool like Anandi things like with reassuring presence. Mm-hmm. I know I picked like this cold like spy, but I really like the idea that they also, they kind of know how things are. Yeah. So they're really good at like reducing an ally's fright and condition. And at level five, they're getting from human clever improviser. So even if they're not trained in every skill, they're kind of trained in every skill. Mm-hmm. And at level nine, just more improvisation with incredible improvisation from the human, uh, from the human ancestry tree. Look, I said this character has emotional trauma because they don't feel comfortable in their spider form anymore. Oh, and they, they've been forced to be in their humanoid form for so long that it's what they're comfortable in. Yeah, and like they've perfected it, they see that as their life now, and they feel bad about that. You know, they yeah. know that that isn't what I am. I'm not human. I am a Nandy, but they they kind of try to hide that. You know, even if it is a part of them, it's not one that they're comfortable with and they wish they were comfortable with it. That's so. And obviously, you know, I take free archetype because I always take free archetype and I'm going with rogue. Right. Like, why right, wouldn't yeah. I? Why wouldn't I go with rogue? Yeah. yeah, that does. But this doesn't feel like an inventor. You know, it really just feels like a spy. But that's how you get all your cool spy gadgets is from the inventor class. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the subterfuge uh, suit is just such a good fit for it. I'm really, I really like this. Like if I was playing in a game and they're like, yeah, we need, we need an inventor for X, Y, Z reason. This mm-hmm. is what I'm going to. Cause, and, and I, I love that somehow the story for it just like came together and it just kind of, I don't know where it came from, but I like it a lot. I'm really yeah. happy with it. Yeah, that's very good. Oh, oh, I forgot the weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wrist launcher. Oh. Which can shoot which can shoot darts and is concealable. Corset mm-hmm. knife, which can be thrown, is finesse, agile, and concealable. Yeah. And I picked a gauntlet. <laughs> Just cause just cause I wanted I don't know why. I wanted a gauntlet. I like the gauntlets. Oh, I do remember why. I do remember why. It's because this character also has a fold-away gauntlet buckler. A shield that comes out of, like, this little thing on the wrist. Boom! Pops out. Little gauntlet buckler. Gauntlet buckler's not super strong, but, you know, it's just a little, just another little gadget. Just another little thing to help out. Yeah. Isn't that neat? Yeah, these I love are, it. These are two similar but very different inventors that we've made. Like, we're both... We're both trained in theory. We both have tamper. We both have yeah. some gadgets. You more than me. But these are two very different inventors that we've created. My my modifications for the armor is I picked camouflage. So mm-hmm. you can hide even without cover or concealment. Mm-hmm. Jess, I have your, your beloved hide in plain sight. Ooh. I have it. It's yeah, right here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've got this I've got the subtle dampeners where while you're in overdrive, you also get a bonus to your stealth checks, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very useful. Th- there's also another one that I really liked where you just move faster, but I thought that I thought that the bonus to stealth would be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are so these are cool. These are cool. Yeah. I really like these a lot. 
Yeah, Sparks' uh, modifications are Blunt Shot, so Sparks can do um, like non-lethal pistol shots with the with the slide pistol. Oh, you've got like you've got like rubber bullets. Yeah. And then um, advanced rangefinder that gives um, increases the range increment of the slide pistol by ten feet, and then also gives it the uh, backstabber trait. Those are great. Those yeah. are great. The backstabber, the the one that adds backstabber is a particular favorite of mine, mm-hmm. just because it's so easy to get a to get a an enemy flat footed mm-hmm. slash off balance. You know, yeah. it's so easy to do. Oh, you know what? I think actually if I were to free archetype Sparks, I would free archetype into the Gunslinger archetype so that I could do the ranged feint. That's good. That's actually good. Like the pistol arrow, the pistol arrow Gunslinger. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. So we have invented some interesting concepts, I think. I think they're interesting. And we've invented builds, and we have asked you, our dear listeners, to invent some questions for us. Our first one comes from... Patron Paper Ninja, who asks, do all innovations have to be kind of clockwork based or, you know, can we get some other technologies and materials? Yeah, I think you can definitely use other technologies, other materials. Like we were talking uh, about the different areas of Golarion where an inventor makes sense. And we've got like the station tech, you can do electricity stuff with that and go like in the really fantastical, magical direction of the magical electricity technology. We've got the ancient tech, which for some of these ancient civilizations was plans for ancient clockworks, but you could go other directions with that too. You could do the magical inventor with like runes that we were thinking about. Runes and weird materials. Mm-hmm. And then I know there's some third party materials like from the from the Battle Zoo group where you craft things out of monster parts. That'd be oh, another yeah. interesting way. Is your invention your inventions are all monster part based. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is really just limited to your imagination. Clockwork is just the vanilla. If you don't have anything better, here's clockwork, you know? Uh, Similarly, patron Andrew Mullen asks, uh, as someone who isn't big into Nemeria or other sci-fantasy elements of Pathfinder, what are some options that lend themselves to the more mystical side of the inventor? Well, I think that's interesting because it sounds like Andrew is... Instead of centering around s- steampunk, like maybe I do, they're kind of, they're kind of going more in the sci-fi range. Mm. I think that's interesting. So yeah. yeah, I mean, let's just think about think about if you want a more mystical style, think about what mystical means, or like you know how you would see anything else mystical, mm-hmm. and just theme it around that. Yeah, when I, I think of, I really like the idea of doing a kind of mystical inventor where what you are focused on is like delving the ruins of the Aslanti Empire or something. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Like all these ancient artifacts, Mm -hmm. you know, and trying to incorporate those into it. Yeah, yeah. And they might be like ancient clockworks, but you can do kind of a a magical aesthetic on these like ancient Aslanti clockworks instead of going the kind of uh, sci-fi direction of it. Or even if they're not, you know, quote unquote clockwork. Like what if your explode is just like you have like this old relic mm-hmm. that's infused with power that you don't understand, but you do know if you hold this other this other stone next to it, it blows up. Yeah, <laughs> a absolutely. little bit. That is like that yeah. is really interesting. I think you could have a really cool inventor where your innovation isn't necessarily something you created, but it's something you discovered and you're like unlocking the secrets of. Yeah, I love that. That's such a cool way to do it. 
So, no direction staffer, Nate Wright asks, there's a lot of potential with the time traveler background so that you could play a Starfinder character in the Pathfinder setting. What are some of the Starfinder first edition classes and concepts that you could replicate with the inventor pretty easily? Well, uh, I think the obvious answer here is the mechanic. I think the Starfinder mechanic oh, and the yeah. Pathfinder inventor are kind of two explorations of the same concept. Because even as yeah, a, sure. even as a mechanic, you're choosing like what kind of mechanic are you? Do you have a companion or do you have like your special armor? So you could definitely make a compa uh, a time traveler mechanic. And then what you're doing in the Pathfinder setting is you're just learning about like, what is the technology of this place that I have arrived at? How do I make it work? How do I maintain my gear with the resources I have available to me now? I think that's a very cool story. Friend of the network, author of the inventor class, and overall just exemplary man in the field of tabletop role-playing games. Mark Seifter asks, they told you there was no way that explosions could heal people. Were they correct? I think we've seen now from the inventor class, but also from some of the gear that has come out in later books that uh, no, they were not correct. Listeners, if you haven't seen the inventor specifically, what Mark is referencing is that at second level, you can get a feat called Searing Restoration, yeah. where the very first line is, they told you there was no way that explosions could heal people, but they were fools, That's because right. you now can use your explosion to he heal creatures that are in the range of your explosion rather than that. Yeah. Where, but I think that the real... I think that the real question here, though, is how is there any way that an explosion healing someone is anything other than outrageous? Oh, what do you think, Lauren? Well, don't put God, no. That's not fair. You know I thought about this. That's not fair. All right, what is an explosion but a transfer of energy, mm -hmm. both kinetic and thermal? Okay, right? Yeah. If, if it is merely, if it is ex only a transfer of kinetic and thermal energy, they are correct. Your explosion cannot heal people. Heal people being that biotic structures are going to do what they need to do to repair the forms around them, right? Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen if all you're doing is transferring that kind of energy. Mm -hmm. But there's no reason. There can't be some type of sci-fi or magical or alchemical admixture to the explosion where instead of transferring heat energy and kinetic energy you don't also add a little bit of a little bit of a, a little bit of positive magic energy in there a little bit of healing Ooh. energy yeah you know like for example when you when you when you got a bunch of dust in your keyboard right you you blow it all out right <laughs> It's not like exploding like all at once, right? It's channeled. It's focused. It's it's got a purpose to it. You're not gonna use the same kind of explosion to heal people you would use to kill people. This explosion has a little bit of aloe in it. You know, that's how that works. That's yeah, why they yeah. were not correct. All right, that checks out to me. I mean, you're the scientist here, so I believe you. Yeah, but I'm also using magic as an explanation. So that so <sighs> please don't use the word science eh. <laughs> near this. no this is this is legit science you heard it here first from lauren the oh, scientist no. they will take away my scientist card 
I, I will go to work tomorrow and they'll be like, turn in your lab coat and get out of here. <laughs> uh, listener Mirror asks, why can't the Construct Companion turn into a motorcycle? I think it can. I think it can. Look, Mirror, do you want a motorcycle as your Construct Companion? Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. T- you know. Talk to your game if master. GM's- yeah. Yeah. If your GM's telling you you can't, then that's the problem. It's not that you can't do it. It's that your GM said you can't. Yeah. So, like, there aren't rules for using your construct companion as a mount. But uh, if one of my players took the increased size uh, modification for their for their construct companion innovation, and they wanted to make their construct large, and then they wanted to ride around on it as a mount, I would let them do that. I don't I don't know why you wouldn't. Yep. That's so cool, especially if even Link from Breath of the Wild had like a crazy looking motorcycle thing mm-hmm. that clearly some fantasy inventor put together. Yeah. I think that's perfect. I think that's yeah. perfect. I understand wanting it to be large, but if you've made it large, I don't I don't see the problem. Well, Jess, I think this conversation has exploded leaving us back at square one. So unfortunately, that's all we have for you today. Make sure to check out the rest of our content on the... Look, okay, I come up with these on the spot. If you don't like this, but if you do like our show or any of our other blogs or shows, please consider supporting us on patreon.com slash no direction because it's the support of our patrons that make this all possible. Until next time, I'm Jess. And I'm probably out of my mind. Thank you for listening to Legend Lore, and as always, with a critical success, our information is mostly coherent. <laughs> mostly. That's what it says. That's what it says in the ritual. <laughs> it says mostly coherent. See you in the next one, folks. <laughs>